welcome to Lending Forward, a podcast where we're lending every bit of what we know to our listeners. From real conversations and lessons learned deep within the industry to education and forward thinking, together we're Lending Forward. And as always, don't forget to subscribe to our channels and connect with us on www.atlanticbay.com. Atlantic Bay Mortgage Group, LLC, NMLS number 72043, NMLSconsumeraccess.org is an equal opportunity lender. Located at 600 Lynn Haven Parkway, Suite 203, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23452. From a mortgage banker's perspective, what are some of pain points that they're feeling in your eyes that you're hearing? And then in turn, what tools are you pushing mortgage bankers to be utilizing right now on MBS Highway? Obviously, one of the biggest pain points is that rates are higher and there are still a lot of competitiveness out there. So, you know, still having a lot of bidding wars and stuff. Rates are higher. Home prices are higher. There's no inventory. So it's harder to find a home. It's more expensive. And now it costs more to borrow money. So those are all some of the things that I'm hearing. I mean, like my, my opinion on it is that obviously there's a lot of challenges right now, but challenges also present opportunities. And over the last several years, last two years specifically, like we haven't necessarily had to like really showcase our expertise. It's been more of like, you know, the phones are ringing. Everybody's like too busy to even necessarily like improve themselves. And, you know, those things only last for so long. And now we're, you know, refis are down 70%, purchases are down, but they're still hanging in there. But now is like really an opportunity, I think, to show your expertise, to understand what's happening in the market. And to not just be a salesperson, but to really be an advisor and to be able to talk about what the best plan is, not just for today, but how it sets up with the future. So I'm not sure if Atlantic Bay specifically has an attractive like ARM product or something like that, but a lot of companies I talk to have maybe like a 5-1 ARM or a 7-1 or 10-1 ARM that are half a percent to three quarters of a percent below a 30-year fixed. And sometimes customers get scared by that because... It's an adjustable. So what happens if after five years or whatever it is, rates go up? Well, they don't understand. And you could use the loan comparison tool to show this, but mathematically speaking, it's still going to be better if you have like, let's say a half a percent savings or so than the 30-year fix, not for five years, but for like six and a half to seven years. But not only that, based on the talks that we've had about the market, you're going to have an opportunity to refinance them way before that, probably over the next 12 months, right? So taking advantage of the savings now and then having an opportunity to refi them, you know, things like that. I also think that there's a lot of fear out there in the market. Obviously, we have a lot of macro headwinds, but I think real estate is in a good position, but you have to be able to educate them. So, you know, you have the Fed tightening and hiking. You got recession talks. I think last time we talked about why a recession, although not great for the overall economy, isn't necessarily something that you have to fear from the mortgage perspective or or from the home buyer perspective. That's right. Yep. We talked about that. And you were still thinking as far as recession goes, and we kind of looked back at, historically speaking, the housing bubble was more unique, but every other time, interest rates are typically... the Well, interest rates it. always come down. But during the housing bubble, we saw home prices come down. But that was, as you said, unique. Housing bubble causing the recession, not vice versa. And there was a lot of bad loans being done and oversupply, not enough demand. The opposite of the dynamics today. Right. Is de- December still kind of the sweet spot of where things might kind of go into the recession we're thinking? No, and so then- it's hard to always put like an exact time frame, right? But of course. I think towards the end of the year, or early next year, we'll be in recession-like conditions, maybe even sooner, to be honest with you. But I think we'll start to see rates come down in October. And mm-hmm. the reason for that is because I think we'll see inflation peak in September. And then 
and that's something we could talk about too, but interest rates are, are always going to follow the way of inflation. And you have the comparisons on inflation getting tougher than over the summer months, you could see like a little acceleration in inflation because of the comparisons. But I think that when you look at the summer months after that's behind us, you'll see inflation come down from a comparative basis, but also you'll start to have the Fed rate hikes really start to take hold on the economy. You know, the Fed just hiked 50 basis points on Wednesday. So those are some of the things that you know, I see happening there. Let's fast forward 15 years, right? And we reflect on this time and how fast things changed, historically fast. What are we going to be saying about this time? Well, <laughs> I think we're going to look back and say that it, it was certainly a crazy time because you had COVID and then you had the Fed who was really reactive and pumped all this stimulus into the economy. And you had a government that created trillions of dollars of stimulus and you had record high levels. I mean, like 40 something plus year high levels in inflation. And then you had a Fed that kind of was partly responsible for creating this, that now is all of a sudden hawkish and trying to do everything they can to reduce the inflation. But I think that like they always do, I think they're going to cause a recession. You're going to see inflation come down, but I think you're going to see home values still do pretty well. The recession itself is difficult as far as like how long and deep of a recession it will be. Now, is it going to be like a short-lived recession like we saw in 2020? Or is it going to be like a longer and deeper and more painful recession like we've seen, you know, in the 2000s or in 2009? You know, it's, it's tough to say that, but... It'll be interesting to see how all of it shakes out. From a builder's perspective and, you know, doing construction loans and such, I mean, I know you don't have a crystal ball, but if you did, what would you say about that pricing structure? So builders have a lot of challenges. If you look at the overall housing starts and housing permit numbers, they were in the last month up like three-tenths of a percent, but we don't necessarily care about multifamily in the mortgage business. We care about single family. And single family was actually down. And you know, they have a lot of challenges like other companies. I mean, inflation and, and higher costs and labor issues. And the real problem is the backlog that they have. They're not able to get homes completed. And, you know, part of getting a new home completed is electronics and supply chains are impacting that. You know what I mean? So you can't get a home completed without having like an oven or, you know, so right. there's if like, if you look at supply numbers on the new home front, you're seeing there's Listed by the National Association of Realtors, it's, it looks like there's 407,000 homes that are for sale. But the real number of like ready to move in homes is 35,000, which means that 91% of the for sale inventory is not completed or not even started. So wow. we have really tight numbers for inventory on the existing front as well as the new front. And it's not going to be something that like, okay, all of a sudden builders are building more that you're going to be able to see like meaningful numbers come back to inventory like anytime soon. This is something that I think Freddie Mac estimates there were undersupplied by 3.8 million homes. But in any case, it's going to take a long time for them to catch up. Everything that we're up against right now, and then hopefully by a year or so from now, things will maybe shake out, but it is a lot. Obviously, using tools like MBS Highway is just so helpful to remain the advisor. Anything else you want to touch on with that? Right now, understanding what's happening in the market makes a big difference. When we're talking with customers, referral sources, best way to build trust and to increase your conversion like in a quick manner is with knowledge. And most of your competitors out there have zero clue as to what's driving the market, what's driving interest rates, what the future looks like, what the impact of the Fed is, if there's going to be a recession, how that impacts things. So 
There's a lot of fear out there in the market. The media is calling for a housing bubble like they have each year for the last like nine years. I think you have to really be an expert in this case. And, and as I mentioned, while there's a lot of headwinds and challenges, if you're able to be that source, you're able to be that really advisor, then I think you can gain market share even in a difficult environment like this. And listen, it's not going to last forever. I think that, like I said, the, the, the loans you're doing today are going to be the refinances you're doing at the end of the year, early next year. So you want to plan accordingly and not doing upfront costs, doing whatever you can, maybe if you have an attractable arm to save half a percent, three quarters of a percent, but really explaining to the customers what's happening in the market, what it really means, and then also having a correct strategy that's in line with that. And it's from the housing front, everybody hears about a recession and what do they do? They think about 2009, which is when the recession was, but they think about the housing bubble that occurred prior to that, which was, you know, the setup in 2006, 2007. And back then you had fog up a mirror, 580 FICO, no income, no assets. Let me give you four homes and a condo. <laughs> so today the underwriting guidelines are much stricter. And you also have the opposite from a dynamics, like supply and demand perspective. Back then you had 3.81 million homes for sale. Today you have like 950,000 homes for sale. Back then you had 114 million households, which is like your demand com component. Today you have 130 million. So you have much more demand and much less supply. And you know, economics 101 is that stronger demand than supply is going to be supportive of home price. But listen, we don't want to be naive, naive to the fact that there's certainly some affordability issues out there. I mean, home prices are up 20%. Interest rates, you know, they've risen from last year, three and change to now five and change. Right. And home prices are obviously much higher and there's still a lot of competition out there. So it's not an easy environment, but I don't think that it's one that you're going to ever see home prices, at least as a nationwide, come down because of that imbalance. There's a difference between seeing home prices accelerate at 8% versus 20% and home prices declining. And what I think is that we're going to still be moving forward with appreciation, but it's not going to be 20%, but that's okay. 20% appreciation is not sustainable year after year after year. And there's still going to be strong demand, but less demand because of the higher rates and because of affordability issues. Well said, Dan. Thank you so much for being on today. And don't forget, if you haven't already listened to the Signals of Recession with Dan, you have to go listen to that. But thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to the Lending Forward podcast powered by Atlantic Bay Mortgage Group. Don't forget to tune in next week and make sure you subscribe to our channel. Remember, we all play a part in Lending Forward. So go lend something forward today.